0: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We are live at CrimeCon 2021 in Austin. According to a secret grand jury Cult mom, Lori Vallow, and I quote, used her religious beliefs to cover up crime, i.e. murder. Rarely have I seen that written in a grand jury indictment. Typically, grand jurors who are often taken from voter registration Maybe, it's called grand because there are 30, 40 members of a grand jury. For a petit or petite jury of 12, that here's a, a particular case. A grand jury, uh, for instance, in city of Atlanta, grand jury meet Tuesday, Thursday. They would have 150 cases a day. They would go just like that, bam, 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 bam. Usually with one witness and then... You walk out, the grand jury votes, they would go push a buzzer, and then you bring in the next case. It's really fast. It's not a decision of guilt or innocence. It's simply, is there enough evidence to take this to a petit, petite, small jury of 12? So I've never seen, actually, the detail added in the indictment, which is usually the jurisdiction, the uh, general date of the offense, the defendant, the victim, the mode of death, if known, and a list, a bare-bones list of the state's witnesses on the back. That's what an indictment is. It's signed by the jury foreperson. This indictment I found very interesting, Nate, because it goes to say that she basically cloaked herself in her fake religion as an excuse to commit murder. Let me introduce to you an all-star panel of guests to make sense of the case. First of all, Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, and now star of a brand new series on iHeart, Piketon Massacre Return to Pike County. Mm. Dr. Angela Arnold, renowned psychiatrist, joining us out of the Atlanta jurisdiction. And you can find her at AngelaArnoldMD.com. Andy Kahn, my longtime friend and colleague, he created the phrase murderabilia and inspired me to write a chapter called Blood Money in my first book, Objection. And after I wrote that chapter, (laughs) Andy, I destroyed the laptop. It was so horrible like people trying to get bloody clothes in crime scenes. It was only a $300, $299 Hewlett Packard, so it was just not that big of a deal. But I thought it was bad luck. Andy Kahn, Director of Victim Services and Advocacy, Crime Stoppers of Houston, and you can find him at crimestoppers.org. Ashley Wilcott, Judge and Trial Lawyer, Court TV, Anchor, Veteran Courtroom Advocate, and you can find her at ashleywilcott.com. Nate Eaton... Nate is with the EastIdahoNews.com, Twitter at Nate News Now. Instagram at N.E.aton. Good Lord, man. <laughs> anyway, do you remember when Lori Valo was located in Hawaii and she was walking off with her new husband and you could see a hand running along with a recorder going, hey, where are your children? Where are your children? Are you?" That was his hand. His hand he right here. He was chasing her right there. He was chasing her. Of course, Cheryl McCollum, a longtime friend in the trenches. We prosecuted together. We have completely different stories about how she met, how we met, but that's for another day. <laughs> Forensic expert, the founder and director of the Cold Case Research Institute, and you can find her at coldcase.org, coldcasecrimes.org. And Spencer Corson, founder, President, Corson Security Group at CorsonSecurityGroup.com, author of The Safety Trap, which is really good. Uh, a Security Expert's Secrets for Staying Safe in a Dangerous World. You can find that at SafetyTrap.com. Good Lord, man, I don't even have time to read all this about Spencer Corson. Well, <laughs> let's just get right down to it. The very latest in the cult mom Lori Valley case, and let's don't leave out, her conniving fifth husband, Chad Daybell, the cult leader, she has just been declared incompetent to stand trial, which is just burning me up. She kills, allegedly kills JJ, who was seven, Tylee, who was 16 at the time. Then she's got a dead husband, Joe Ryan, who died in his sleep. Then she's got uh, Tammy Daybell, her husband's, Wife, I love this, Tammy Daybell dies in her sleep, but before she died, cult mom had already researched beach wedding dress and bought it on Google and bought a ring and bought her husband's outfit that they wore two weeks later to their beach wedding in Hawaii. So either she's a killer or she's clairvoyant. Um <laughs> But now has been declared incompetent. Now, to the lawyers, uh, Ashley Wilcott, incompetent is a lot different from being declared insane. Explain.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, incompetent means—is that hopefully loud enough? Incompetent means at the time they cannot assist in their trial in their defense, as you well know, Nancy. And so. If someone is not able to assist in their defense, they're declared incompetent. But let me suggest it's a moment in time. And it's very different. It doesn't mean they have a mental health diagnosis, for example. It means at the moment in time. And so you said earlier, and it really struck with me, Nancy, that they could say, for instance, oh, my child was possessed by zombies and appear to be very not capable of assisting in their defense, and at that moment, they will be declared incompetent. It can be reassessed, which is very important to know. And
2: I noticed, Nate Eaton, that's exactly what the judge said in his order. Can you imagine all these people did? Oh, wait, I left out another husband. Charles Vallow, who was, um, was JJ's dad, came to visit. He got shot dead by a cult mom and her brother, Alex Cox. Now Alex Cox is dead. Have I left any dead people out? I mean, don't you think that's suspicious, that nobody noticed until there were, what, six dead bodies? I saw you counting. But incompetent and insanity is very different. Tell me about how, oh, I noticed the judge. That's what I was going to ask you, Nate. The judge said, she may be incompetent right now, but let us rehabilitate her, and we'll revisit
3: Yeah, so a psychiatrist went in and spent hours with her.
0: Who?
2: Who?
3: What psychiatrist? An independent psychiatrist. Hired by? The state. So the state went in, and uh, her defense attorney requested the psychiatrist. They got an independent psychiatrist. He goes in and says, she's not competent right now. But we believe that with rehabilitation or medication, she may be able to become competent. So the judge still needs to rule on this.
2: I just thought of a good comparison. Wanda Barzee. Do you remember that perv that stole Elizabeth Smart and his freaky wife, Wanda Barzee? Yeah. They said she was incompetent and they got her stabilized on drugs and so forth. And she stood trial and was convicted.
3: Exactly. Yeah. People have referenced that. So there's a chance that in three months, six months in three months, they'll review it in 90 days. They'll come back and they could say, OK, she's competent or she's not. They then have 180 days to get her to the point of competency. If not, she then goes to the point. They, they, they just wait. They wait until she's competent. She's not released. The case isn't over. It could take six months, six years before she becomes competent, there oh, is it no. Oh, it
2: won't be six years.
3: Well, there's no insanity. Come on, defense I mean, Idaho, really, so.
2: Cheryl? This is a woman that was trying to get her hair and her mermaid curls to come to court and paint yeah. her toenails, yeah, bright. What was it? Uh, turquoise, and was trying to make homemade lip gloss behind bars. She's no more incompetent than we
1: are. She's incompetent to be a mother. <laughs> Straight up. The problem with her, to me, and Nancy knows this, but the way Nancy and I used to work cases back in the day is you break it down to its most elementary form, and you have got a woman that could plan on how she's going to murder her children, how she's going to plan a wedding, how she's going to plan an escape, how she's going to stay on the lam. She's competent to stand trial. She can participate in all of those things, she can damn well participate in her you trial. You just gave me a
2: flashback. Okay, so they took the children's items, their possessions, and put them in storage, and part, because they're dead, and part of that was caught on video. And isn't there a part, Nate Eaton, where it shows cult mom Lori Vallow and, I guess Daybell? And they pause to kiss, or he grabs her booty. He he, he
3: grabs her butt. And and Nancy, these were items that you would, if your house was on fire, you would leave the house with. A blanket covered in photos of JJ. A blanket covered in photos of Tylee. His jerseys, you know, their first sports jerseys. Framed photos of their baby books.
2: David, what is it, my husband, what does it mean to you if I say, this goes in sentimental It's clothes that I keep, like one of their favorite shirts or a PJ, and I don't want to give it to Goodwill. I don't want to give it away. And we have a bunch of those plastic bins in the basement that I fold it up, well, and then give it to him, and he takes it down there and puts it in there. No way would I throw away a blanket with all their pictures on it. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible is Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain Christian affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Can we get back to the booty grab? If you'd like. <laughs> so <laughs> She's they visit- Leaving her children's clothes, her dead children's clothes at storage.
3: And that booty grab was when Tammy was still alive. So Chad was visiting that storage unit with Lori when his wife was at home. You know
2: how I hate it when you call them by their first names.
3: You're right, Daybell. Mr. <laughs> um, and, and now, Nancy, we know that that was happening when the kids were buried in his backyard. Those visits to the storage units, they were taking those items as they were buried in his yard, and his wife, Tammy, was inside the house, likely not knowing that they
5: were out there.
2: Okay, Spencer Corson and Joe Scott Morgan are, are just chomping at the bit. Go.
5: I would, I, I'm, I'm not... A lawyer, I'm not a judge. I'm just curious, when, when, when counsel mandates that these people go in for an independent psych eval, what is, how, what's the ratio on the time that people are declared competent versus incompetent? Because if incompetent is, it sounds to me like a, like a cover your butt quote. Like when I was in the military, we would always go on these operations. The intel community would say, at this time, there's no bad guys there. So oh, they, I know what that they, means. They were selling, sending us into a trap because by the time we got there, there could be bad guys there. But by, by them saying at this time, there is no intelligence to support bad guys coming at you, is this is incompetent because it's so at this moment? Is that a, a CYA for the psychiatrist, for the evaluator? Actually,
2: you're very astute. And it's not a bad thing not to be a lawyer or a judge. I specifically married a non-lawyer. You're so right. I think this is a little bit of CYA because the judge, come on, she's saying, my children are zombies. They had to die. His wife was possessed by the evil spirit Viola. She had to die. That sounds a little crazy, right? But she knew it was wrong because they buried the remains and as Cheryl McCollum said, took off on the lamb to hide out, which is evidence of guilt. I think this is the judge saying, okay, you think she's incompetent? defense? Fine, let's go have an exam. Let's give her time to get rehabilitated until she is competent. So he is now, or she, has covered their rear ends on appeal if there's a conviction. That's what I think is going, on. uh-oh, mm-hmm. Joe Scott's face is contorting. I usually don't get to see this because I'm in a studio with just Jackie. <laughs> but okay, what, what, what?
6: You know, having worked worked as a death investigator in Atlanta and New Orleans, all right, uh, the idea, I think, the real hard thing to get your mind around as an investigator, you begin to think about, well, what are the odds that someone, that one (laughs) individual is is going to be in the presence of multiple victims on this kind of linear timeline that you're thinking about with all of these people falling over dead, I've been around a a lot of dead bodies in my career and a lot of people that have experienced death, but I've never seen a case that's like this where you can kind of mark the time. As time goes by and you've got this literally string of corpses that kind of are are little benchmarks along these two people and specifically Vallow's, Vallow's, you know, (laughs) life, you know, where these people are falling over dead. And you're thinking, well, what are the odds that this could actually happen to just the random person that's out there living among us. I want everybody in here to think about, just for a second, as sad as this is, think about how many people in your life you've had that have just passed away. You know, and there's no way that someone, on average, is going to match this number. And we're, we're not talking about people that are greatly infirmed that are up in age. The one case for me and all of these that has kind of stood out is Tammy Daybell. You know, how does this perfectly healthy woman... About to run a marathon. Yeah, about to run a marathon. She's 39 years old. You know, the picture of health, and suddenly she just dies, and then the authorities, I'll say it, I don't care, don't have the good sense to go out and examine her body and then release her body without ever drawing any blood at all. They can't do tox. So once she crosses state lines, and when you take a body across state lines, it has to be embalmed. So guess what happens? Anything at, from a chemical perspective, if you're looking for foreign substances, anything, it's gone. Because the blood's been drained out, they've been involved. And now she's in the ground for, I don't know, 11 weeks, 10 weeks before, they disinter her. So It's a major problem along this, and anybody that actually thinks that this is norm, that this is the norm, is off the rocker.
2: And so, so, wait a minute, bizarre. Joe Scott, before I lose this thought. Yeah. says they cannot prove it from the exhumation digging up her body because the tissue and the blood is no good anymore.
6: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, she was not autopsy, just so that everyone understands. We're talking about Tammy, okay? She was not autopsy. She was just sent to Utah where she was buried at a family plot. So and, unless she had, if everybody will kind of feel along their neck right here, you have what are referred to as strap muscles that are in here. And say you've got a choking event like this. You might have little focal areas of hemorrhage here. And, of course, you've heard Nancy for years and years talk about petechiae. Those are little blood vessels that pop due to this kind of this this indwelling pressure that's created as you do this, these vessels. And if you're absent that, are you going to look? Because there's nothing else. We there. It, to our knowledge, there's no evidence of a gunshot wound. There's no evidence of stabbing, beating, anything like that. And, you know, and forever. So it's got to
2: uh, be asphyxiation
6: it, or it poisoning. Would, or, or poisoning. And one of the things that kind of came to mind, you know, half the world is utilizing some form of insulin now. You know, what's to say he couldn't have got his hands on insulin and injected her and she just went into a coma and died. And like, What if he got her, his hands on rehibanol GHB, date rape drug, OD'd her? You know those sorts of things. So you got all these permutations that are working, and you're thinking, how? How in the world? How in the world did they just allow her to slip away without ever examining her? Well, it?
2: Well, I will tell you how, because the next of kin decides that they're going to be an autopsy, so they asked Chad Daybill. He went, oh no, then that's we're good. <laughs> so how are they going to prove it? We're Is that you believe there were a lot of texts and phone calls and emails?
3: Terabytes.
2: Oh, okay. Explain to everybody that's not a a computer whiz what that means.
3: So a a gigabyte is a lot of information. Terabytes. it It could take months and months, literally months and months, to go through all of the text messages between Chad and Lori and her deceased brother Alex, who was parked at a church parking lot less than two miles from Tammy's house the night she died. They've tracked his phone to that parking lot, and they mentioned that in the indictment. So sitting there like a vulture and maybe was his car there and he was at the home was what was he doing that night? They also were able to track down his exact pinpoints in Chad Daybell's backyard where they found the bodies and and where they know the times that those bodies were buried. Alex's cell phone pinged there. So uh, through, you know, GPS coordinates, his GPS was on on his phone. So they didn't talk about Tammy, how she died in the indictments, but they know how she died because it's, it's come back. The autopsy has come back and I think they're saving that for trial and they know, I think they have a very strong timeline down to the minute, the night she died, who was where.
2: And I mean, let's get real Andy. People, (laughs) people cannot change who they are. There was a story I would tell the jury about the tor- Mr. Mr. Tortoise and Mr. Scorpion. And the scorpion kept begging, please carry me across the river. And the turtle said, no, you'll bite me and we'll both die. And the scorpion said, I promise I won't. So he said, okay, hop on. Halfway across, Mr. Turtle feels a pain go down his arm. And he said, why did you bite me? Now we'll both die. And the scorpion said, it's just my name. My point is, you know they were texting and calling. There's going to be reams of, of digital analysis.
7: You know, let's cut through the crap. Let's cut through the BS. Let's cut through the red tape. And let's just be real here in a dose of common sense about Valo. You know, the last execution that I attended, we execute people in Texas, uh, they gave a guy a 90-day reprieve. And I said, you know what? He bought himself a little bit of time, but eventually it's going to happen. And it did happen. And the same thing's going to happen in this particular case. You're going to buy a little bit of time, but eventually she is a cold blooded, diabolical, cunning, premeditated murderer. And when you look at some of the stuff that's come out on her, particularly from the money angles, getting, trying to get life insurance. Why did she kill? What was the motive for her killing her children? There were liabilities, right? Eventually it's going to happen. So I know it's hard for people, and as someone who has served on the Board of Parents of Murdered Children and surviving family members of homicide for 30 years, I deal with homicide survivors. Lori Vallow is not a homicide survivor. She's a homicidal maniac, and eventually it's going to catch up to her. Why
2: do you say Lori Vallow is not a, a victim when
7: both of her children were murdered? It's kind of like Darlie Rudier. You remember her in Dallas, yeah. a silly string lady right here? Yeah. You know, with her two kids. You know, it would be kind of like calling Andrea Yates a victim as well. No. Well,
2: when I you, agree with you. I was just interested in your analysis. Because she did not act like a victim. No.
7: At all. No. I mean, fact, no one. After no. when the no cops gri- came. No grieving mother. Yes, whose are t- or gone? Or, it's going to act the way she did. No one's going to take off and go to Hawaii. No one's going to pretend that you know this isn't happening. And you know, we just had a case right here that you and I are going to talk about next week of a six-year-old that disappeared, and the body was just found right here, and no one seemed to, no one even bothered to report a missing for a month. Normal families. Parents and mothers Samuel. don't act in this form or fashion, it's going to cash up to her.
4: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
2: Christian affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Crime stories with Nancy Grace. Okay, jump in, doctor.
8: You know, I think in all of this, Nancy, in every, in, I think it's so hard for people to, to believe that someone is capable of this, to believe that a mother is actually capable of killing her own children and killing all of these other people that were in her way. And that's why we keep talking about it. We really cannot understand what in the world was going through her head. Is she mentally ill? Is she delusional? Is she just evil? Does she want money? I don't know if we're ever going to know the answer to all of those questions, but the most important thing is it, it appears she killed a lot of people. And she needs to bear the consequences of that, doesn't she? And, and I don't, you know what, if she's, if she's mentally ill somehow, I don't know. I'd love to have the opportunity to talk to her if you want to know the truth. Mentally ill
2: after she took off and hid out
8: in Hawaii? Right. I'm not saying she's mentally ill. I think Ill. you are. No, no, I'm not. <clears throat> no, I think that I, I think that there's a possibility that she may have been living under some delusions, maybe. What I delusion? Know. The delusions that
2: came from her church. That Wait a minute. she was associated if she was so, with, if she was so in tune with the Lord, why was she sleeping with another woman's husband? Well, you know, a delusion. Listen, <laughs> <That's a laughs> <nin, nin, nin. laughs>
8: <laughs> but a delusion is a fixed, false belief. Okay, and you can you can make up anything in your head and and believe it, Nancy. Okay. I had a woman come into the psychiatric ER one time covered in soot. This, she had been living like under the baseboards of her house. And by God, she came in and told us that she was Elvis Presley's wife. And she believed that with all of her heart. And there were, we could not break her of that. We were never going to break that delusion. So I don't know if Lori Vallow was delusion. I'm also not saying that it's an excuse.
5: I would also add that throughout human history, religion has very often been a scapegoat it's been an excuse for atrocity oh yeah and when people
2: i bet you saw that overseas I, what, what
5: I see is someone who believes that her actions were righteous and therefore she has no guilt therefore that's why there's so much information because they weren't trying to hide it because they believed what they were doing was god's will and so when you have that's a really good point when you have that kind of delusion which was, an ex- and especially from her husband, who saw her as a fan. So she, was already, she already had a predetermined, I mean, we saw this with the Tom Cruise, Kitty Holmes thing. He picked her because she was a fan of his. And when you have those people who pry on the inherent weaknesses, when they find what you're emotionally attached to, and then exploit it for their personal gain, that person's identity gets directly tied to that individual. And then when they are convinced that what they are doing is righteous, they have no guilt about that act, no matter how atrocious it is. And so if you don't see those behavioral anomalies, which are self-evident and obvious and present and recognizable, if you are a, or are a family, a friend, a citizen, whoever, and you do not reach out to help those who are obviously hurting, then you are just as guilty as shirking your responsibility. Now, I don't know how you got to liar. that from Lori Valley.
2: <laughs> I was with you up until the point where you said, if you don't reach out and help, help her what? Bury the children?
5: No, help with, with what you see. with the. She was going out and openly telling people that she thought her children were zombies. Right. If your neighbor had two kids and your friends, and she came over to your house and said, I'm pretty sure my child is, is Satan's spawn would you not reach out for help for that child? I absolutely would. Exactly, you absolutely would.
0: But her husband tried to, Nancy. Remember, he tried to, and what happened? Tries oh yeah, on the I'll way, her brother to. shot and killed him. But yeah. he's on video with the police saying, I'm very worried for my life, for my children's yeah. life, because exactly. she's saying this. And, and then the brother shot and killed him. So he did try, he did try.
6: He did. She, he was Alex or Alex, I think, along with Lori, with Lori being the mastermind behind it, lured, lured Charles Charles Valley to that home and eradicated him. That's that's precisely what happened. And Nate and I were talking about this earlier. Lori, she's got to be one of the luckiest people in in the world because Alex falls over graveyard dead from multiple pulmonary emboli. Which, you know, still in my mind, there is no specific answer as to why this actually occurred. So you've got the guy that's the trigger puller in this that just, he's gone. So it's the only, the other only living, living witness person. to Charles Vallow's murder. And yeah, and, um, you know, for me, I'm thinking, how,
2: how does even She's the only one. <laughs> the husband comes over and gets into a confrontation and cult mom's brother, Alex, shoots him dead in front of J.J. and Tylee. So J.J.'s dead, Tylee's dead. Now Alex, the trigger person, is dead. Yes. The only person still standing from that is Lori
6: And one, one more thing about this, and this goes to, uh, forgive me, but the condition of the children's bodies. Mm-hmm. And they are very yeah. different, very, very different mm-hmm. in how they were treated, and you yes. really need to keep this in mind. JJ, when he when he was buried, he was buried separate from from Tyle, and he was cocooned. I'm not saying it was a loving event, but he was placed in a specific event adjacent to this dried out pond bed or whatever it was, Nate. Wrapped. The yeah.
2: White. He had on his red PJs. He was wrapped. He was wrapped in duct tape like a and, mummy, and then placed, as opposed to Tylee. Right.
6: Yeah, and she was. I don't really know how to say it, other than the fact that her body was desecrated uh, in a a multiplicity of ways that we're not going to go into completely. But Wait, wait, no, what? Well, there's dismemberment involved. There's burning involved. And I still think if you take a look at those overhead, uh, the drone images that they had from the scene, I saw this from the beginning. And when I saw the fire pit, I was on air when this occurred. I saw the fire pit there, and I'm thinking, the FBI guys, they're moving logs around there. There's something that's going on there initially. This is before it was actually reported. I think that part of this dismemberment event, I think, probably took place in the large barn. that was immediately adjacent because, you know, you can go down this road, Nate, if I'm correct. There's this road that's immediately adjacent, and you're not going to do this in an open area. And I think that part of this dismemberment event took place hey, in the book. That barn.
2: just led me to another thought. Y'all jump in, please. Don't wait for me.
6: But you know what I was thinking, thinking
2: about? Out. About motive to kill Tammy Daybell? Not only did uh, Daybell want to marry Vallow, but I think Tammy Daybell was like, wait a minute. This girl you've been flirting with, now both of her children are missing, and there's that two disturbed areas of dirt. In our backyard, yeah. I think she figured it out, well, and she had to die. Then. One,
6: one more thing, and to my point earlier, Tylee, her body there was. There's a lot to be read into how her body was treated. There's a lot of anger involved in this, as opposed to JJ's body. I think you know, and when the tale is finally told, yep. I think that we'll learn more. That's just my opinion, and everybody's got. That. Well, I
1: yeah, agree that. with his opinion, and I'll tell you a little more. And again, when you've got two children that had been murdered in completely different ways. And then the way they're hidden, not buried, they were hidden, which again tells you she knew what she was trying to get away with. Tylee took a lot more time and that level of anger was maintained throughout. Harming her skull, dismembering her, putting her in that hole, which incidentally was in the pet cemetery, then covering her, burning her to burn a body takes a lot of time, y'all. You got to get up to about 1,200 degrees and you got to spend hours. This was not quick. Do you understand? What happened to her was so different than what happened to JJ that goes to motive, in my opinion.
5: So it sounds to me, from what I've read in these reports, that he, the husband, viewed the son's autism as this, the only way we can save his soul is to is to end his life. The reports also indicated that the daughter was highly protective of the her younger brother. If they were planning to do this, and if the daughter who was 16 heard them and was going to rat them out, it would make sense for them to, one, take her out of the equation, two, she fought back, so that they could then have the time to make the son's death ceremonious.
2: that is scary, and it has the ring of truth to it. Okay, Nate, jump
3: in. Well, and in, in all of this, we know that just weeks before Tammy died, the life insurance policy was raised quite a bit. Chad signed it, and Tammy signed it. But we also know that Lori and Chad have both been indicted for crimes related to money, grand theft. Mm -hmm. And she was using Tylee's Social Security money that she was getting because her father died. And Lori was a single mother uh, legally at one point, several points. And uh, so she was getting the money from there. So somebody mentioned earlier, was money a factor in this? I think when it all comes out, it'll be money and sex.
8: Absolutely.
2: I
3: don't know how the
2: Oh well wait wait. Let's get we talk about the sex part because I love this part. I learned this from a friend of Chad Daybell's um, and Lori Vallow. He had a pickup line. David, don't get any ideas. <laughs> the pickup line and it total seriously seriousness, they thought that they had been. Biblical figures in the past and kept getting re- reincarnated, and he would tell women he was married to them in a past life. So obviously they've already had sex. So why not? No, it, it, is this not true? That
3: is that is true. And you, I'm t- sure he'll say it much
2: better than I did.
3: You, you take someone who's narcissistic, like Lori, and we you-
2: had sex in a previous life when I was Moses and you were who Sarah. Or
3: mother, Mary. Um, so you have you have a narcissist like Lori, and you have Chad Daybell who comes up and says, "You are a goddess. You're beautiful. You- you- we were married in a past life. You've been chosen to lead the hundred forty four thousand back. You feed that, as you mentioned, and you prey on that vulnerability or the, the- whatever the mental condition." That and she you end has. up at the motel. That's how that works. It- it's a fire and uh, gas and. Uh, Fire, you know, gasoline and a match right there. Um, So, yeah, money did, did play into it. And you mentioned the indictment, too, Nancy. The thing I find fascinating is the very first point that the prosecutor put in that indictment is they use their religious beliefs to justify homicide. So if there's any sort of defense around the religious angle, which there probably will be, I think they're ready to, the prosecutor's ready to take that challenge on, take that argument on.
0: Nancy, can I add, I think the sex part comes in uh, somewhere else. I think jealousy, I think there's something to do with that entirely. And the rage and the dismemberment, and I hope I'm wrong, I pray I'm wrong, but as a judge, I see it all the time. I think there's an element of, of inappropriate or sexual and jealousy and rage that had to do with Tylee. I pray I'm wrong.
2: You know, I, I think, think part of it is Tylee is 16, almost 17, right? Mm-hmm. So she is growing up and starting to say things like, no, or I won't do that, or fighting back with mom. And they Mm. hated the fact that J.J. was hyperactive. Remember at the end, she said, J.J.'s going crazy. He just was crawling all over the cabinets and knocked over a picture of Christ. And that infuriated her. So I think as you were talking about, Spencer was talking about, his autism, his learning problems, feeding into it, she was now facing real issues in parenting and didn't want to be bothered. I really believe that. Okay, th- I can't believe you. You know,
7: you know what quiet. I want? Here's, here's what I want the media to start calling her. And let's be, again, let's be real here. She's now attributed to what? Six deaths? What do we call someone who's now accused of killing six people? A serial killer. We call him a serial killer, right? Has she been called that? No. No? Well, let's start today calling her for what she truly is. She is a serial killer. End of story.
2: right. Okay, Cheryl, I see you trying to jump in.
1: I am all about that. It needs to happen. But before we go any further, I just want to say I loved... The hashtag, that I'm going to start tonight. Nancy Gray said, oh, the sex part. I love this part. Um, I bet you and we were married
2: in a previous life, so let's go to the Motel 6 now. That's We've happened. done it before. I love that. that I was, was Moses, Cheryl's
7: nefetiri, and who else we got down here? <laughs>
2: christian affordable visit gcu.edu crime stories with nancy grace so how much longer till we get a decision on her mental state there's
3: a competency hearing week after next where the judge will i i predict the judge is going to say all right Let's give it 90 days. Let's pause everything, because everything is on pause now. We'll see what the the uh, mental state hospital says. And he could then say, okay, she's competent, and then everything picks up and moves forward. Or he could they could say she needs more time. Chad's proceedings move forward. He's in court on Tuesday, where he will plead guilty or not guilty to the Gee, charges. I think
2: I know which one he's going to pick. Yes,
3: they're, they're both jail. in
2: jail. Yeah, yeah, they're both in jail. Anybody got questions? Because these these are the experts. Yes, um, what
0: does the panel think that everything will be turned back on and blame will be placed solely on Alex? Instead
2: of, I definitely think that's going to be the defense because Alex is in the middle of everything. Oh, which reminds me, shortly before Lori, Va- shortly before Tammy Daybell died, she put it on her Facebook that someone took a shot with her at, with a paintball gun. It was Alex Cox with a real gun, Mm -hmm. and he missed. He even Googled, how do I shoot a gun out of a something? He he
3: Googled specific ammunition. They know that he visited a sportsman's warehouse and that he had been target practicing with a gun in the weeks leading up to this. So they they likely will blame it on Alex, but
6: those kids were buried in Chad Daybell's backyard. Yeah, the one more chilling part to this, too, Nate, please correct me. The last person JJ was seen alive with or passed out unconscious with was Alex, and he had JJ. But wait
2: him. a minute, also in the room, there was the friend Alex Cox with JJ, right? And Colt mom saw. Alex Cox leave mm-hmm. with JJ okay. on his
6: shoulder You've been crawling on and the he was on found
2: ours? in the same red pajamas he was wearing that night. Yeah. but yeah. wait a minute here's another thing that I find incredible if my husband called me on the phone and went ah uh, the cops are here and they're in the backyard i say what why are the cops at the house why are they in the backyard remember on that jail phone call he calls her and says the cops are here she goes yeah. Did they find anything yet? I mean, I would not say, did they find anything yet? I go, why are the cops in the backyard?
3: Chad, Chad Daybo, when the police arrived, they said, you can stay here at the house, but you will need to be with you at all times, an officer. And so he went outside, went in his car. They said that as he was making phone calls, he was like this, looking over his shoulder. And the minute they found JJ, he took off in his car. And they radioed to each other, the officers. Chad Daybell just left. They said, go get him. And the detective, who has been on this since day one, said, I'm going to get him, went down there, put the handcuffs on him. So uh, he knew what they had found.
2: I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of circumstantial evidence, even though Tammy Daybell was, uh, you know, what do you say? Tammy Daybell.
6: Serial killer? No.
2: No.
7: (laughs) I do like serial killers.
2: No, but they do to your body. Embalmed. She was embalmed. Even without that toxicology, I think that they're going to have so much of those two yakking back and forth. Got a question? I don't. I don't, because I don't think she ever thought she was going to get caught. I really do think that she was using that and maybe, like, if you have, uh, ask O.J. Simpson, did he do it, he'll say no. Okay. He really thinks that at this point. But I, I think that she knew what she was doing. You know, it's, know. Very, it's very interesting because when
8: what I see a lot in my practice is you can, you can follow, I mean, literally people can, that are very sick will come in and say about the same thing, and it always at the end of what they're telling me ends up something about God. God always comes into that picture at the end of it. I don't know. I think they're trying to protect themselves or something or make it seem like everything they were saying was okay. Some kind of justification.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Those ideas came from Chad Babel. He called her before Charles, her husband was shot and killed and said, Charles has been possessed by a spirit named Ned Schneider. And she had a problem with that, according to By her what? good friend, a guy named Ned mm. Schneider. That was his. A, 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 no one knows where the name came from. And Viola is the spirit that possessed Tammy.
2: Nobody possessed Tammy. Stop saying according that. According to the
3: Indictment. According like to the this indictment, real. And then you follow up. So Chad planted the. According to the investigators, planted these ideas in her head, and they said that a big earthquake was going to happen. The world was going to end and no one would be focused on them. Last July. Last July. Last year. No one would be focused on them and their missing kids. Everyone would be focused on this calamity that was happening. (laughs) And they would go and build their lives and prepare for Christ to Mm -hmm. return.
1: Nancy, I got to jump in. I don't know how many of y'all know my background, But when I was assigned to the major case division, I was assigned a prosecutor that was just a spitfire named Nancy Grace. And so I have worked with her a long time. When we were in our 20s, we had a good time in Atlanta, y'all. But my question, and this is something Nancy and I, I guarantee you, would have brought out in court. If she believed that zombies were going to kill her children... When her children were found dead, why didn't she call 911 and say the zombies finally killed them? I mean, I just wonder.
2: I wonder what JJ and Tylee went through at their death. Did they know their own mother orchestrated their murders? I just I think and
1: Tylee knew it was going to happen. I do. I think yeah, Tylee knew I it. I think she had been vocal. And I think she was trying to protect her brother, and that's the reason she disappeared first. I absolutely believe it. And again, she will tell you, I don't know what happened to the children. Well, why the hell don't you know it now? You tried to set up and tell everybody it was going to be a zombie, but you ain't talking about zombies now. And I think a good question is, are they going to, I'd love to know what Nate things.
0: are they going to turn on each other? You know, remember, Chad Daybell's going to trial. She's allegedly
1: incompetent at the moment. Are they ever going that's why she wanted to marry him? He can't testify against her.
2: Oh, wait a minute. Isn't there an exception when it comes to children?
3: I believe I believe they can. And I that's the question of will Lori turn on Chad? Will Chad turn on her? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, maybe they'll both turn on each other.
3: Will they go all the way to the death chair and think they're dying as martyrs?
2: Did you want (laughs) to answer to
5: this, this, it,
2: Cheryl McCallum just keeps just. just what? I just. In. I just
5: the, the, the originator of the idea, when they, when they indoctrinate those, those who are under them, there's a time, like I'm thinking, like to the Keith Raniere case, all of those people eventually turned against him in the end. Once they got to look out and see, you know, once they. You know, like,
2: he, he's I, talking about the sex cult. Are they about, branded women? When
5: you're still under the indoctrination of that cult mindset, it's very easy to not break free. But as soon as you are separated from that influence through time and space, and your primary uh, influencers are no longer that person, you start to well. I really think this brain
2: religious brain. indoctrination should be treated as voluntary use of drugs and alcohol, which are not a defense at trial. Oh, I got drunk and I killed so and so. Well. I'm not guilty. I think this is your decision.
5: Oh, no, I, I, I 1,000% agree with you.
2: But I see what you're saying. So at this point, she should oh, have I'm been. Sorry. The,
5: the, the, the takeaway was she's going to turn on him. Ah, yes. Sorry. Let's just cut to the chase. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to turn on him.
2: As we like to say, just break it down. Okay, at this point, I can only think this in sound bites. That's why I
5: needed an editor for
2: my <laughs> yes. book. <laughs> yes, question?
1: Oh, my question was What was the cause of death for Tylee and JJ? I just couldn't remember Tylee that. Is so badly damaged, they don't know.
6: Homicidal violence.
2: You know, I'm a little surprised we don't have a COD on uh, JJ, though, because his body was still intact.
3: It, yeah, they haven't released it. Yeah, they haven't released anything.
6: They just. Sorry. <laughs> five manners of death. They've ruled it as homicides. That's why they're able to There's a COD
2: cause it. it's of death. But like Strangling.
6: Cause of death.
2: Then there's manner of death.
6: Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's that's still to be determined. Again, we're waiting with bated breath for Tammy. I
2: don't think birth. we'll ever know how uh, Tylee was killed.
6: I think that it would be very difficult if her body is in the condition that, and I the one other thing that I'd like to know about her is how much, Anti-mortem, which means before death, the trauma, did she sustain, and was there any kind of torture involved in her death? That's something that I'd be very keen to find out.
0: So uh, my question is about autopsies um, and why they are just not automatically performed, because you hear about all these bodies being exhumed and all these things being overlooked and all this money is spent on all of this, but why don't they just autopsy everybody that dies?
6: Every state is different. Idaho is a coroner state that is an elected, an elected position. The coroner in that particular jurisdiction, in that little county where Tammy Daybell died, elected, and everybody says the, the husband said he didn't want an autopsy. Her authority, by law, can trump anything that the family says, or her the coroner, her. she She can trump anything the family says at that point. She's the certifier of death. Tammy did not have a treating physician. The coroner has to sign the death certificate. Now, I don't, and again, I don't know how in the hell a coroner feels comfortable enough to release the body of a 49-year-old healthy woman and say, it's a natural death and doesn't do anything else about it. And that, that brings me to a bigger question. Does, what kind of connection does Chad have in that community?
2: If any, to the coroner. And a coroner does not have to be a doctor. A coroner can be the bus driver. If you get elected, you're the coroner. Question?
0: Um. Yes. I actually don't remember the timeline very well, but I was curious when she put her her kids clothes into storage, which, by the way, I find very weird because if they're dead and if the zombies took them, you don't either, you know, they're not coming back. So why not sell them? Or if she knows that they're missing, you don't know if they're going to be. Brought home like within a day or two, why would you make all of that time to go to storage and. Do that. And was that a reason that they knew that she kind of did something?
8: Because I would it, think so.
3: She put it into storage and then they took off for Hawaii. And then the bill never got paid. And then the owner of the storage facility saw our video of me chasing her down and called me the next day and said, I have something you might want to see. This woman has not paid her bill. You're totally going to be a witness. I've tried to reach her. Well, they did subpoena me, but we got that taken care of. Um, and so we went over and he showed everything in there and then it was all collected as evidence. So I think that, I think it was probably put there as a way to abandon it.
2: What other kind of things were in
3: storage? There's JJ's scooter that he loved, that he rode everywhere, his scooter that he just adored. There was um, the baby books, all their baby photos. There was toys, bikes. uh, Everything that it appears related to these children that they had brought with them to Idaho because they had just moved from Arizona seemed to be in that unit because the townhouse was empty. There was nothing in there when the police got there. Beds and that was it.
4: Question? Uh, Yes, question. If
1: The defense will likely, if they decide to pin everything on Alex now that he's dead and the kids were actually buried in Chad's backyard, how much of this is actually going to stick on Cult Mom? Is it mostly circumstantial? And then my second question is what other members of this cult are there? I haven't
4: heard anything else about the cult itself.
3: Very small group that we know of, Chad, but Chad has written, Chad Daybell has written 20, five books. They're not that good. But, um, and, and he would go out, it seems, and try to recruit people in a way. See, oh, you want to talk about the end times? So there was a group of about eight or nine, but probably more than, Were they mostly women? Mostly women. Yes.
2: That he had been married to. All all women
3: except, except
8: Alex. Hi. My question is, with the claim now of incompetency versus insanity, is that still considered a psychological condition? Is she being held in jail still based upon that, or is she in a mental institution?
3: She's been in jail in isolation since day one. There is no insanity defense in Idaho, so she can't plead insane. And the judge will decide at the competency hearing if she should be treated in jail with medication or whether they should move her to the state hospital.
0: And the prosecution is opposing the competency evaluation Correct. results, by the way. No yeah. surprise. But they're saying, we don't agree. She's competent, which is one reason there's a hearing.
3: And they could ask for another independent evaluation, another evaluation to come in and decide. In or the, the, state, the state could, yeah. I don't
2: think, that the only reason they haven't is because I think she's going to get rehabbed within 90 days mm-hmm. and get ready for trial. I think that's what's going to happen.
3: I think you're right, Nancy. In fact, all the, ex, all the prosecutors I've talked to said this will be a, a blip. And that, in, you know, a few months from now, things will be back on track.
1: Question? Um, yes, I just recently listened to a podcast, and I'm not even sure the names, but it reminded me a lot of this, about a mother that had taken two children. She was mental ill, uh, suffering from mental illness, was not supposed to be left alone with the children. Is it Elizabeth,
2: Elizabeth uh, what's her last name, Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, is it Johnson Jackson? She had the two children last seen at Chick-fil-A. They've never been seen. She said that
1: she had taken them to daycare, and they kept tracking down the daycares and could not find them. That's
2: Catherine Hoggle. Catherine
1: Hoggle, yes. So it's been a few years now, and every time her husband speaks to her, she is still saying that her attorneys advised her to remain incompetent, so she's not questioned or tried. I don't think that's going to happen in in this case. That was my question.
2: It's, that's it. It's Hoggle. That's her name. Uh,
0: they, yeah. they get, uh, she gets an evaluation every so many. years. That's I mean it's all <laughs> the funny.
8: only reason I know that
0: is because Nancy just had me read. <laughs> yeah.
2: As I was wondering what had happened with that case. It, it's this
7: too high profile a case. You're not gonna get, you're not gonna get away with it. Hey Nancy, really quickly, thank you again for you know putting together and cultivating a catchphrase. Years ago, you came up with Tot Mom. <laughs> now you've done Cult Mom. Congratulations.
4: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Last two questions. Quick, go. So my question is, with this case, other, you know, the cases about the little boy that was found last week in Jasper. Samuel. from, oh, Yes. Um, you know, what keeps you from being so discouraged about just... Everybody dropping the ball. I mean, the little boy had been missing for a month. How long have JJ and Tylee been missing before Months. anything was done about it? I mean, it's just you just want to like scream, and it's frustrating that we're here now and we're talking about it. And guess what? They're dead. No, I mean, I agree. What, what can you do about it? And like, the only thing, thing you can do
2: courage? is keep trying because these cases are to a point we can't do anything about them but we can do something about future cases when you think children are being neglected or mistreated. That's the only answer. Whoa, whoa, wait. Oh, wait, that's Kevin Balf. Okay. (laughs) We are live at CrimeCon 2021 in Austin. Everyone, thank you for being with us. Goodbye, friend. (laughs) Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading.
8: 18 plus.